Hey, it's a me, Mario. Love Channel 101, but hate looking at shit? Try Frequency 101. All you gotta do is record an audio pilot, make it five minutes or less, and submit it to... Submissions at Channel101.com! The listening audience will vote for the favorites, Mamma Mia, and the top five shows will return next month. And don't worry, it's all audio, so you won't have to look at any flop dongs. Frequency 101, you won't have to look at any dicks or buttholes. You are listening to Primetime Flies, a Channel 101 podcast where time flies and we talk with all sorts of Primetime Channel 101 and Frequency 101 people, creators, writers, actors, directors. And the point is to get to know these wonderful people and we'll learn more about their craft, certainly their relationship with Channel 101. And I'll use my time to shower them with much deserved appreciation, affection and gratitude for their work. Hey there, everyone. I'm at this moment already in possession of uh, recorded hangouts with this and the next two episodes' guests. There's a lot of one-on-one goodness to get all up in you. Speaking of which, you should be doing that too. Like, If you haven't made or submitted your pilot for Channel 101, don't wait until August 25th, because that'll be one day too late. The submission deadline coming up is August 24th. And hey, if you feel lucky, you can scrap the video file and send an audio-only pilot for Frequency 101 by, oh, it's too late for August. But uh, start making shit. This month's screenings are happening on the last Saturday and Sunday of the month, as always. Channel 101 and uh, Frequency 101 pilots can be submitted each month to submissions at channel101.com. That's submissions at channel101.com. And that's how we feed this tank of great, fun ideas and shows. For this episode of Primetime Flies, my guest shares in common with me not living in Los Angeles. He uh, edited himself into Tom Hanks movies and made brilliant things happen from where he hails, which is Austin, Texas. He is a super funny and talented actor, improviser, writer, and editor, and more. And we get to continue witnessing his evolution in all those aspects in real time as his show Mind Dreams, uh, which is in primetime right now, will be in the next one-on-one screening. I admit I was a little lucid when we were talking, but I think it contributes to a really fun chat where you can get to know him and hopefully feel like you're hanging out with us. So please welcome Mr. Kyle Sweeney. I've been a long time listener uh, <laughs> on both podcasts. I feel like that's been a, such a fun, uh, a fun way to like learn about these people who are doing one-on-one stuff that like, I've had like one-off conversations with, or it's like a Facebook message exchange, but to have like the chance to sort of sit in on a deeper dive on some of these people, it's been kind of cool. Cause I'm all, yeah, I'm also not in LA. So I feel like there's a lot of that world that I'm missing by being kind of remote, um, right. but it's like they're real people too. <laughs> and not just like talk show celebrities that you're like, Oh, look, they're doing a show. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could be part of the crowd. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's the weird thing. I mean, if I was if I was there and I didn't have a podcast, I probably wouldn't talk to anybody. Like, yeah. I, I'm just not comfortable being in a room with people and trying to talk to one person. It's really yeah. hard. 
<laughs> right. It's like, what's my icebreaker? Uh, I hope this doesn't bomb. Uh, yeah. I visited LA a couple of times for a, a couple of screenings and I think Channy's one year. And, it, you know, it, it everybody's very warm and friendly, but it is still that like, it's a little awkward to like make an occasion to go say something to somebody beyond just like, hey, great show. And then you're like, I'm out of material. See you later. <laughs> See, the winning fish is when I'm eating it is like, I got you here on the podcast. Now it's like I get to hang out with you for an hour. Right. And I'm recording it and I'm going to put it out there. But <laughs> yeah, like, there's still all that component. But like, I don't know, it, it gives occasion to have the chat, which is really nice. Yeah, the normal interaction that I get to do with people is still like you, I think, in a very remote way, uh, unless somebody's visiting Austin. It was kind of crazy, I think, during the... Uh, Summer, Alex Kovetsky uh, was coming to Austin just to get out of Dodge from LA because it was just needed to change the scenery. And it was like weird. Like we hung out for a bit, which is cool and fine. But it was like, ah, I love that this like could become a thing. And yeah, because of Channel 101, because otherwise that would have never probably have bumped into him in an organic enough way. Just a nice little uh, cherry on the top of all the stuff that Channel 101 has and offers for us. Yeah, I'm, you already know this, like being in one-on-one sort of just, we have this deficit of social confidence, but we have this amazing creative output. Like we're, we're the, ugh. I, well, I'm, to- I'm totally with you because I feel like there's like, not one-on-one's agenda, but people's agenda about getting into one-on-one. It's kind of this uh, weird dynamic because I think it's a special kind of person that it takes to be like, I'm going to do a bunch of hard work. I'm going to do something super creative. And I'm going to try and get it to be screened in this thing. And no one's paying you. There's like, you're doing it for the love of it. And again, maybe a little bit of the ego stroke that my thing got screened. I got first place, whatever that is that you you're kind of like have there, but it's like, not everybody would opt into that experience, I guess, willingly. Like, it's like, um, there's not a deal on the table. I want to do this web series, but I'm not going to do it month to month. I'm going to shoot it shotgun style all in a row, you know, ask for a bunch of favors and just kind of make my thing and then put it on YouTube. And it's going to serve me in that way. Or it's a weird kind of contract to enter into like, I'm going to be a part of the one-on-one space. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pour my heart and soul into making pilots or uh, helping other people in other episodes or whatever it is. And it's like, at the end of the day, Dan Harmon's not going to give you a job because you got a pilot in the channel 101. It'd be cool if he did, but it's, it's like, that's not why people are doing it. It does have some of that prestige from, uh, you know, when it started and what all the people who kind of were just going to grind on doing fun and creative stuff. Yeah. And it's a, it's not surprising how many of those people who were willing to do it, you know, for no one or for, you know, a living room of people or a, the bar full of people uh, and just kind of had that bug that they've now become successful or in Marvel movies or, you know, whatever it is. It's just like, yeah, no, these people blew up for a reason because they were kind of addicted to this process and addicted to like uh, telling stories. And that's what 101 kind of is for everybody. It's not like a, a Wade Randolph slash Sevon Nigerian who I'm, I'll be chatting with next. Um, oh, nice. Amount of work that you've done or mm-hmm. years that you've been doing stuff on 101 in particular, because I know you, you got Sister Fuck on YouTube. But <laughs> That's so, true. That is uh, one of the built-in properties we're hoping to really get moving. Oh, I love it. And every, every fucking show that you've done on 101 is a show that I'm a huge fan of. Like the work has so much life and quirk in built in built in uh just oozing out of it i mean project todd (laughs) you you had me since that 
And Mr. Coffee Man, the, oh, the sure, character that sure. you... Oh. So, oh, by the way, super sweet. Uh, you can't be any more gracious in the way you host these. And of course, I feel very warm just hearing, you know, those few things that you've already mentioned. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, it gets me. <laughs> Primetime Flyer Stats, Talent 2604 on the current to today, channel101.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, show creator of four shows, including Project Todd, uh, Cal versus Tom Hanks. Mr. Sneeze and the Cream Boys, and your current primetime show, Mind Dreams. As an actor, six shows, also including Wave Race 64, the series, Mr. Coffee Man, as Mr. Coffee Man. And let's not you forget, uh, serving as a writer, producer, editor, and more on all, I'm reading this, uh, shows, as well as makeup on the criminally underrated Sedona Meditation series. Uh, now, I have to feel that I didn't actually do makeup for that. I think that was Andy Petruso just throwing me a bone. We have given each other sort of joke credits throughout the thing. Uh, I love the formality that the site provides. Like, here are all these roles that we're doing. But it's like, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, But I'm glad he, you know, gave me makeup for the Sedona Meditation series. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I could back up and apologize, Andy Petruzzo does not need makeup. He is that handsome the moment he wakes up. Got that permaglow all over it. It's uh, it's working. (laughs) All the shows that you've done or been on are very inspired. Like, I, I know going into this, too, that part of what you do is you're an improviser. Nothing like a little procrastination to kind of pop stuff out that way, where it's just creating last minute and uh, getting away with it. I think that's the big thing whenever you hop on stage. Yeah. That's brilliant. To be good at improvising, I'm just a fan of improvisers, but it births... I imagine 50 characters a day that are all just gold. Uh, Mr. Coffee Man, was he something that came out of the ether? Oh, gosh. Uh, Yeah, Mr. Coffee Man was literally, it was like a bit character. When I was talking to Andy on the phone, I was like at a Starbucks or something like that. And I'm like, "Mm, coffee sure is good. And uh, there's, you know, I'd like to say there was, uh, I'd like to think there was more behind it. But that was it. That was all it was. Andy was somewhat charmed by that. And he's like, hey, uh, just record a thing. Uh, him saying a few dumb lines like that. And I did. And then like a month later, there's a 101 show, which I had, you know, beyond that, nothing to do with. And he just had constructed his super narrative of uh, this phenomenon that was Mr. Coffee Man. Um, uh, that's, yeah, that's like 100% pure editing exercise of like, oh, let me just pull clips from this and that and just sort of create something around that. Uh, which I was quite charmed to be a part of. <laughs> in right, that way. Well, either in like the magical form that, that happens with improv or in premeditated strokes of editing genius, I could see in the people who've made it, there was an intelligence, there was like a super understanding of how these like heart feel, heartfelt news stories, like the yeah. composition, there was a pure understanding of how to make it look exactly like it was a real phenomenon that was happening. Sure. And, which also inspired a musical. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I can't believe episode three, the musical episode of Mr. Coffee Man, got uh, got not voted back. <laughs> That's the right. formal way. It's like, well, yeah, I, the thing that I love about 101 stuff is whenever I see someone take just like a huge swing, I'm so on board. Because, you know, like it, it's that thing of like, okay, anybody can play it safe or do like, here's my palatable show. Here's my, you know, 10 jokes a, a minute kind of format. And we're just kind of cruising it out that way. But when, it, yeah, when somebody comes in and does something big and bold and something that would be advised not to do in a five minute format, I'm always right. like, hey, no, that the level of effort that goes into that uh, should be rewarded in uh, some way, shape or form. 
but yeah, that yeah, that was a, such a fun fun project. This first clip is from a Channy-nominated Channel 101 show. I should have asked him if it received any of the ones. By Kyle Sweeney. It's called Kyle versus Tom Hanks, uh, specifically episode three from the April 2019 screening. Hi, I'm Kyle. Just a normal guy who is minding his own business. One day I was contacted by acclaimed actor Tom Hanks, and my life has never been the same. And now our cat and mouse game continues. This is Kyle versus Tom Hanks. All right, Mr. Hanks, let's see what you're up to. Okay. Look at that smug butthead. And now listen in like a proverbial fly on the wall. I will have an absolute straight up, please. Did I ever tell you, first time that I saw you, I felt like I had seen you before. What? Did I ever tell you that the first time that I saw you, I felt like I had seen you before? (laughs) What are we doing? dare he. All right, Tom Hanks. If that's how you're going to play it. Kyle versus Tom Hanks was a big one that year. Mm. Do you think of the ones that don't make it back past episode one or get canceled at all that you've been a part of? Do you feel like they were a waste of time? Or are you Um, one of those, the passion isn't doing it kind of people? (laughs) I think you have to look at it as the passion is doing it. And even if you're making something specifically for 101, uh, whether it succeeds or fails is kind of secondary to kind of what you've created. Because you can then take that and and, and sort of workshop it and, and make it uh, something else or build it into a larger project or whatever. But I feel like there's there's that sort of weird, weird alchemy. I think uh, Wave Race 64, for example, is another example of just that huge swing. Uh, and the first episode, like they went to the beach, they were on jet skis. It was it was uh, kind of nuts. And then it's like, yeah, that's not sustainable, but I love how much it was willing to like kind of just go above and beyond and kind of go crazy and spend money, more, way more money than anyone legitimately probably should on 101 stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times it's like people will remember the thing that's been around, you know, for five or 10 or 20 episodes or something like that. But yeah, they're, they're just these things that are uh, shine bright <laughs> and burn fast that yeah. are like one-offs that, yeah, don't come back. Or we never got an opportunity to see what that episode two or three might be. Uh, and we can only kind of dream <laughs> dream on what that would be. Right. I want to know who the other ones out there, though. There's me. There's definitely like Adam and Aaron who are doing the Surfing Through Time podcast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the uh, we love everything that you've done, even the stuff that you think people don't know about anymore. <laughs> and I'm going to put up a gif of Penguin going like, you flesh it, I flaunt it. Like, it's so true. There's so much good stuff. And all of your stuff, again, I, I, I can't tell you enough uh, how big of a fan I am. And w- one of the things I like to say, I hope I don't forget, is thank you. Thank you for making it. We all know it's this thing that you make these shows for no money. <laughs> right. 100% ego-driven projects just to get out there and hear hear just a little something back from somebody about how that was fun or good or I enjoyed it. Even just I enjoyed it was, was like more than enough to be like, okay, that was worth the time and effort that that took. Right. Um, Can I extend that to uh, the gang? I know you've regularly worked with Andy 
Andy Petruzzo, mm-hmm. Weston Lee. Absolutely. Um, Austin Stock. Are you boys all from Austin? Austin Stock, uh, not so much, but <laughs> which is convenient. <laughs> but uh, uh, both uh, Weston... Let's stay on that! No, sorry, I... <laughs> Alex Jonesy, that's a very sadly prolific thing at this time. Um, sorry. Anyway, yeah, Weston and Andy and I and a few of our other friends, like we made videos from like junior high on, and you know, a lot of times when it was like, okay, hey, all the other guys are playing football, let's go make videos after school at one of our houses, and then we'd try and find a way to showcase that, and it would usually be somebody's birthday party. We're like, hey, we have like an hour and a half of like shorts and sketches. We'll just play this. Everybody gather around. And it's like, oh, no, you don't have to do that. But it was, yeah, it was, it definitely sort of started from that place and then evolved into sort of filmmaking and more formal comedy study, I guess, uh, sort of after college and stuff. The crew is kind of tight uh, (laughs) for us to kind of come through. Occasionally we're, we're going through and like looking at just some old tapes that are, we're surprised have not rotted from the little eight millimeter cassettes and and stuff like that. It's weird. It was like, it definitely felt like, Oh, this is, I'm not a painter, but this is what painting would be. If it was just like practice, 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 and just kind of going with it. It really was kind of like more of an instinct thing that was happening than focused on anything else. And yeah, just sort of kind of grew out from there. And then we, uh, we always thought we were funny, but I think we've gotten funnier over time. That's always the goal. Right. What would have happened to that in the alternate universe where Channel 101 didn't exist? Well, the weird thing is, I feel like we've known about Channel 101 for a while, but like kind of didn't know it was still a thing at, at one point. And there was a period of time where we were just like grinding on sketch shows and, and doing stuff for a little local live audience here in Austin. It, it, you know, hindsight being 2020, it's like what we should have been doing is like doing shows and and kind of working that muscle a little bit more than just kind of the sketch and the joke stuff. We'd be doing something creative uh, and something probably video oriented uh, regardless, but kind of finding Channel 101 now in the, I, I don't know, I guess the last three-ish years or so. I don't know, again, 2020 being such a weird, is that even a year <laughs> or five years or 10 years? <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think it's really allowed for like an opportunity to, to, to like, okay, I got another month deadline. Let's crank something else out. Let's put something... Because it's fun to do and it's to exercise those creative demons and some ingot of something and uh, even better when you know it's going to be seen by 50 to 100 people a screening night, you know? Yeah. Do you think about the fact and the value in the fact that the people who watch it are genuine fans of stuff? Like they really appreciate it on a level where people who are just like, oh, the circle's a fine show. Look at anything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like uh, in a lot of ways it's... Nerds is the word I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of another way of saying it, but like, yeah, <laughs> comedy nerds and like uh, even just story nerds or uh, whatever it is. Like, uh, if you're a fan of TV, there's like there's something concentrated, kind of pure and uncensored, obviously, in 101. That is like this is this is a TV experience that's like unfiltered and crazy and not what you're going to see, you know, on NBC or ABC or. I don't know that it has a personality all its own. And that's like such an incredibly fun energy. And it's from people that, you know, they're definitely things that I've seen uh, from like Dave Seeger and stuff. I'm like, ah, I'm a little jealous that he did that, Uh, but it's a good jealousy. It's like, I could see myself trying to do something like that and kudos to him. Like, 
right. amazing. Still. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and you just want to kind of get up and go do something, you know, not in spite of that, but to like, it's like, okay, I got something. I got something I can cook up. It's going to play. That's what you, that's what you're kind of after that, that deep high. <laughs> right on. I can't confess enough, but you, you do several things on these shows that currently exist so far at this part of the journey exceedingly well. But is there one in particular that that fuels your fire to put time into? Is it performing? Is it special effects, editing, directing, oh, gosh. writing? Uh, since the day job is editing, that's probably the thing that I would always default to. I'm like, that pays the bills. I got to be good at that. <laughs> yeah, I guess Kyle versus Tom Hanks is all about like, okay, I'm going to watch a bunch of Tom Hanks movies. I'm going to cut up lines that make sense. I'm going to see how can I play against those lines. And so it's crafting in a weird puzzle way, but it's like so much more editing than it is right. maybe pure creative <laughs> mindset because uh, you're working with all these like established uh, lines and, and puzzle pieces. Uh, that's the one that I would say like I hang my hat on. But I think, you know, the ego too wants to say writer, I'm a, a creator and crafter of these stories. And uh, that's where all my unique energy is that I want to uh, get out there. You know, it's the thing that, you know, has mainly gotten its practice in yeah doing shorts or stuff for 101. I'm trying to think, I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess there've been a few like micro paid writing gigs, but it's like real minor. And it's not, it's not, I'm not, I feel like I'm not quite there yet as far as that's what I'd, uh, right. That's what I'd do. <laughs> is the thing that you enjoy the most, the same as the one that you feel like you've done the best work at? I feel like writers, the thing that I like the most, it's like when it works, nothing works better than having put those things out there. And I put those words in people's mouths or, even just like conceptualized the idea enough right. and, and outlined it in such a way that I'm like, okay, this does what I wanted to do. Since professionally I work as an editor, you know, there's something about that that is effectively rewriting. Countless amounts of times when I've been handed footage for, you know, uh, some dumb YouTube video or uh, a commercial that was shot a specific way. I was like, this is a funny commercial and you're the funny comedy editor. Why don't you make it work? And I'm only coming in at this tail end of the process and I'm like, oh no, they didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't get what they needed. Uh, or they, uh, in my opinion, they didn't get what they needed. And I have to like pull out my sort of magic editing thing to rewrite what they got on the day to sort of make something that's palatable. And I think that's where the skill is. Like, since that is like, it's still writing, but it's writing with these known elements. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can still get pickups every now and again, I guess, when you're editing something, but <laughs> you're kind of stuck for the bulk. You're not going out for another day of shooting. You have what you have and you might get a, a, yeah, like a, a voiceover line or something like that to try and tie it all together. But I think that there's something about that where it's like, I feel very practiced at that, like kind of fixing it in post <laughs> uh, version of writing. That's part of writing. Absolutely. And it's nice because there's like, there are less choices at that point, but that makes you far right. more efficient of how to, how to fix it with your like limited uh, little uh, table of contents box of content to make that. Writing's definitely got to be the thing. Uh, when I think about being a director, I'm like, eh, that's to me is all about getting the right people in front of camera. If somebody's off base, get them, get them back on the program. And I'm not detail-oriented enough to be a, a, a decent producer and send emails and correspondence and stuff like that. But then when it comes to acting, it's like, yeah, it has to be something probably that I've written to like really sink my teeth into it. Otherwise, I'm like, did I do good? Am I, am I, is this what we what you want? 
it's a little bit harder to have like to confidently come out uh, with that autonomy if you're like in somebody else's project. And, and when I'm acting in my own stuff, it's like, well, I have to be very specific because I know what's, <laughs> I know what that's for, and I've been in every other part of the process of that. I'd like to play you a clip of work now related to the guest. Uh, if it's your first episode, I'm using this opportunity to offer that explanation. This is from a show by Kyle Sweeney, made with Christina Parrish, Carl Stone King, and Alex Ibarra. It's called Project Todd, about a goo-covered meat sack connected telepathically to a xenoform. Not unlike me, Project Todd, a really awesome yet failed pilot from the September 2018 Channel 101 screening. Hi. Hi. I'm Casey. I'm the hottest girl in school. You can take that to the bank. Are you lost? I'm Todd. I'm 16 to 18 years old. Yes, I'm very lost. First day? Something like that. You know, I could get in trouble from talking to you. I'm only supposed to talk to my jock boyfriend, Ricky. He's a jock. Christ Almighty. Are you familiar? Yes. I feel like I want to help you, but, um, bad time? It's definitely a bad scratch. Every cat's got claws. Are you gonna say it? That's enough. What's going on in here? Who knows? Maybe you'll, maybe you already have. Like, you pay attention to the one-on-one shows they see, and you're like... I like good editing in this. <laughs> yeah. And you could be like, I could perform for them. You know, I think if we put my raw stuff in their editing bay, yeah, I could see that really work. No, it, it, it's weird because collaboration is such a huge part of it. In a lot of ways, my stuff that I've worked on for 101 has been super siloed. Like writing alone is kind of garbage and lonely and... <laughs> kind of the worst because it's like being in a closet just thinking with your thoughts and like no I'm a stupid writer I can't do this ah, nothing's coming together the way it should but when you're writing with somebody you have that ability to kind of bounce ideas off of so I, I love the alchemy of that like the pairings that could come out of stuff yeah yeah but yeah there, there's the stuff that I've been doing like it's Kyle versus Tom Hanks is me in front of a green screen and the filmography of Tom Hanks and then it gets mashed together or even the mind dream stuff because of COVID and all this stuff. It's like, well, this feels like after doing the hot thirties, that felt like really fun. So like what if, if there was a way to sort of package that? Well, now it's, it's me doing some animations for a minute and then four other folks coming in and doing something. Uh, and there's not as much like collaboration within that, but it's like a, palatable enough chunk to sort of kind of crank out. I would love to do shows where it is like, okay, yeah, all hands on deck and we're all getting in there and, and kind of uh, the a handful of people just working together. I think that can make something huge, but the stuff that I've been doing, I think there is like this slight element of like, eh, I don't want to call in my favors. How, how many hats can I wear comfortably or uncomfortably before, uh, you know, we reach, reach critical mass just to sort of make in that, siloed way i guess i'm picturing like turner and hooch and and mermaid and stuff uh, mm -hmm. i was gonna say like forrest gump maybe he was getting too old for you by then but if you could replace those posters like the real stuff where you were a kid if you had po i don't did you have posters on your wall as a kid 
my parents didn't let us hang up things or put tacks in the walls. Uh, But I had a bunch of like, I think at the time it was like comic book cards in binders. Nice. They would all be lined up in this like library way that you could pull them out and look at stuff. So I think there was a lot of that that was sort of in at that time, Uh, but not a lot of, not a lot of movie stuff aside from like, just, you know, going to Blockbuster and renting a shit ton of (laughs) whatever was out. Yeah, I remember like like a long time ago, like when I would only be able to see the Alien movies if I rented them, and I would rent a N sixty four game. I mean, do you, but do you remember when you would sit down with a game and just play all weekend because mm. school didn't happen till Monday, and it, I missed that. I don't know the frivolity of life, <laughs> what you would call that. The oh, simpler times uh, in some ways. Uh, but no, like I have a, a beautiful wife, two daughters. Uh, you know, life has happened, and yeah. that's you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just it's there. There is something that's like I'm starting to feel it in my bones a little bit, and I sh- I don't feel like I should be, but I'm like at least mentally starting to feel age <laughs> creep up on me. There there is a lot of acceptance. There is well, 100 gratitude for. Let's speak for both of us, what we have and what Mm -hmm. is. And there's a practice that I have to do, whereas what use am I getting out of looking back? Is it recreational or is it... Time traveler's dilemma where you're like, if I made this choice and this choice, then that could have got this. And then if I did this versus that, I would have been set up super successfully in this way. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's just like nothing productive can really come from a lot of that Monday morning quarterbacking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a difference of escapism for escapism's sake because you have a moment Mm -hmm. uh you can look at a photo album to go like oh ah, look at that or you can look at a photo album because like i wish it was still then right right (laughs) there's a sadder one that has more drink involved yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and that's a metaphor for the whole sure yeah i don't need to feel as old as i do if i weren't fucking eating poorly as i've been the last (laughs) few years sure sure uh you get years back just by taking care of yourself, which I'm saying from uh, I've gone in the other direction. Well, we now let's keep in mind that this whole pandemic stuff has been a a year plus of survival, and really anything goes. And and I feel like perhaps some poor choices were made, <laughs> but I I feel similarly where you get nothing out of like shaming yourself <laughs> for the past or relishing in something not going the way you thought it would go or something like that right. uh, but being present and being here and jonesed for what's next and what's coming right i think that's huge that's beautiful man <laughs> i don't know, kind so, of pulled it out of my ass but i i feel it i feel it we're trying <laughs> it's it's hard for me to make people become my best friend over one zoom conversation but it comes from reaching down in the heart and pulling it out of your ass and Todd, just, honestly i think this is happening right now <laughs> i think we are going to get there <laughs> awesome <laughs> With that in mind, mm-hmm. whenever you first had a, a goal or dream that was creativity-based, what was it? Has it changed over time? Do you still have one in mind, or is the dream just happy and healthy as long as possible? And I mean, we used to draw like comics in, uh, like I think, elementary nice. school and stuff like that, and that that was sort of storyboarding and stuff. And then that sort of evolved to doing the video stuff. From there, it's always been in that kind of thing. And I think in my heart of hearts, it was always like you're going to be writing. TV shows, because that always felt, I guess, more enjoyable because you get to keep coming back and it, it's not that like, oh, you write, you write one movie and then we'll see you eventually, I guess. Right. But it, it felt like more like, okay, that's the nine to five job of what I'd like to do. Yeah. 
So I think in my heart of hearts, that's still where I'd like to see myself at some point. And uh, there's no shortage of, of uh, working on uh, writing pilots and uh, uh, specs and stuff just to have on hand and, you know, sharpen that tool. I feel like I keep trailing off the question. I'm like, yeah, I started talking a minute ago and then I'm still talking. Good, 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 good. Yeah, just as long as you're still talking, Kyle, you got it. Nailing it. <laughs> That's what we want. The messier, the better. Sure. All right, let's get into it. I'm saying that so I can excuse myself for trying to come up with metaphors for how we look at the past and shit. That was fucking stupid, wasn't it? Everyone, <laughs> thank you for unsubscribing. Please subscribe All right, uh, now, Todd, make sure you don't include this in the episode, but I want you to send me the audio and then I'll do some I'll do some snips. I'll make us both look good, baby. <laughs> that's that's the at the end of the day, you gotta make it have a little of that spit polish. Uh Wizard Magazine. Mm-hmm. was how I knew about Scud the Disposable Assassin. That's right. That's that's my first exposure to that as well, through that format. <laughs> right. And I only got one issue of it, and I knew that I loved his style, this mm-hmm. Rob Schraub guy. Who who knew when I was, or when we were all kids reading this Wizard magazine, that that would be someone who would create something that would be my biggest obsession, which is one-on-one. Sure. Like, he's a comic book guy. He's making these shows. <laughs> he's an also an actor and he's really funny um, well, I think it's the thing of like it's in, in a weird way yeah the people of Ch- channel 101 kind of like it's a bit of a tribe mentality that it's like oh yeah from across the country you'd see that uh, you know years and years ago and then like there's that connection of something that like popped for you then and that's still popping for you now and oh yeah lo and behold small world it's the same guy who's responsible uh, co-responsible for creating channel 101 yeah. go figure right that's pretty nuts. <laughs> I um, love that that sort of uh, the weird uh, webs that get weaved in that way. What's some of the stuff that stokes your fucking uh, fire? I'm a big Spider-Man guy. Uh, I feel like that's that's pretty huge. Uh, and then when it comes to movies, I feel like a lot of the sci-fi ones, you got your Terminators, your Robocops, your uh, uh, mm-hmm. Alien, um, Ghostbusters for sure was, uh, was always top in that. A lot of that was from the the cartoon, which I feel like was the thing I was more exposed to because there were more episodes, Kick-ass which is toys. fucking creepy going back now. I'm like, no wonder I pissed the bed for so many years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those 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 hold up and still scare me a little bit. But yeah, there's so yeah, I mean, like, obviously Jurassic Park was huge, all the Indiana Jones movies. So uh, there's so much of that that's like, yeah, in that melting pot of like, oh, this stuff is great. And then when I started to get more into filmmaking, I was like, ah, Mr. Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh can do no wrong. Even that weird one that was in a doll factory bubble that he made with non-actors, which I always thought was a really weird term. They're non-actors, but they are acting in this thing. They're genuine performances in a way that is off-putting. And I'm I'm here for that experiment, (laughs) you know? Here's a third clip from the works of Kyle Sweeney on Channel 101. This one was extracted, the idea was, uh, from the Channel 101 podcast, co-hosted at the time by Brad Gage and Nick Hurley, where they would ask the guests to come up with a 101 show title and riff on what the show could be about, ultimately serving the title or any of the ideas to the listener as inspiration and instigation to make a 101 pilot based on that suggestion. So Kyle Sweeney was listening to this and said, Challenge accepted, boys. And he made a one-on-one pilot called Mr. Sneeze and the Crane Boys. It was screened in March 2020. Uh, I'm assuming at the last in-person unmasked screening or in the first Twitch-only screening. Let's take a listen. Look at that butthole just sitting in our seat. This sucks. You said it. 
I hate Mr. Sneeze. Well, come on, guys. Lay off. He is our teacher. Don't you remember what he did to you last week? Um, Mr. Sneezeke, um, the door's locked. Can you let me in to use the bathroom? No, you may not. Mr. Sneesky's a real son of a bitch. I wish he was dead. Jesus! Whoa, dude! I don't know about all that, but somebody should teach him a lesson. What? Like a prank? What if he, like, put something in his coffee? Oh, laxatives! No, not the coffee. The creamer. That's hardcore. He'd shit his pants in front of everyone. Shame would follow him until the day he died. <laughs> Ewan McGregor's scenes, the bat. Oh, I got to shut up because you know what? You made me feel like I was hanging out with a buddy and I forgot oh, I was supposed to be doing a show. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I mean, I do own the like digital copy of Dr. Sleep and that kind of goes to my like the thing we were talking about. I've like all the stuff that we've accumulated. I'm like, I have bins and bins of DVDs and Blu-rays and then now digital on various streaming and uh, yeah. uh, and it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm such a pack rat in that way. And part of it was like, I'm not getting rid of this one DVD that has a commentary track that is not on the digital version or whatever. And Oh yeah, sure. I bought the same versions of uh, like Blade Runner and, and 2001 and stuff over yeah. and over again. And with each iterative <laughs> format that's come out. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's there, there are definitely movies that I have and have purchased that I'd never seen, but there's a little therapy and going like, you know what? I'm going to get myself a movie. I'm going to treat myself to that. And then I'll have it forever uh, unless yeah. the cloud goes down. When it comes to like uh, appreciating multi-generations of stuff and the soundtracks, as you mentioned before, so sometimes the, the coolest bonds that you can have with something is when you love every song in it that you want to know what's on the soundtrack. Do you have a thought of wanting to make something, whether it's in 101 or not, where like you can be a part of creating that full extended joy for someone else, where someone wants to listen to the soundtrack of Mr. Sneeze and the Cream Boys, or they want to collect the trading cards of fucking Wave Race. You know what I mean? Like, do you, yeah. do you like that magic? Are you into that? Do you want to franchise something kind of? I'm a big sucker for like the uh, the Marvel movies, obviously, and uh, that whole interconnected universe. And I hate how like fandom has done what it's done based on that in some ways where it's like, these are great, but the people who are like, Oh, there's uh, the trailer is delayed. That's the YouTube video. I'm like, come on. We don't need that sort of update on this stuff. That seems really unhealthy, but yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, when stuff strikes a chord, no matter what it is. Yeah. I'd love to be a part of the, I guess the kernel that sort of created this thing that, you know, has a life in this, like even very specific pie shape, from that, uh, I think that's super cool. And uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to be a part of something that does that. I'm trying to think how, yeah, how one would go there, get there. Um, Not a bad start. Your uh, Mr. Coffee Man does have an icon on the Channel 101 Discord. That's true. It's huge. And when you think of that, it all sort of starts with breathing life into a character and giving them yeah. an outfit. Like, uh, I'm sure Andy wants to franchise Mr. Coffee Man into a successful string of coffee shops around the nation. 
yeah, to even have that like button in the Discord uh, or the what emoji? What would you call it? Whatever. I, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> the too old. Graphic man. interface that uh, you're allowed to hit that has my face on it from a dumb thing that I shot on my phone against a green screen. It's like, uh, yeah, I love that sort of the creative tendrils that could kind of pop off of that or that just this sparks uh, and can be a thing. A little icon, as it were. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I always kind of wondered, like, did you film that in front of a green screen? Because you were you're like, okay, so whatever you guys want to put behind Mr. Coffee Man is fine. And yeah. we end up watching it going like, so Mr. Coffee Man decided to film this thing in front of a green screen for no reason? <laughs> he rented out a studio for the day, a little public access place. He right. sat down and he wanted to, you know, really just... Uh, uh, if he thought he was a personality then, I don't know. But uh, yeah, just he went on and on about one thing, coffee, and then it got put on a VHS and then was found in the forest. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, what a bizarre, wacky world to sort of conceive around that as like what was like a, a phone bit to now be this weird uh, half story <laughs> and yeah. and uh, news narrative sort of parody piece that's, yeah, just so dialed in. Which I feel like I can be very glowing about it because I wasn't the I wasn't the driving creative force behind that. I was just super happy to be along for the ride. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry if someone else was the one who put the hat on you, but like I, I mean, but, I do have my own little costume prop bin, oh. and that's where it's like, let me stuff a pillow in my shirt. Let me put this wig on. No, these glasses have bulky frames, and uh, why not put another hat on and <laughs> put a sweater on top here? Yes, the red and green will clash. It's like, yeah, let's go nuts, go nuts for this this dumb bit. And uh, yeah, when it pays dividends in that, like, and has this life beyond kind of what you were bringing to it or what you ever expected. Yeah, I think it was like a minute and a half that I filmed and then it got turned into this this monster, <laughs> which yeah. I love. I love it. Can I ask you about your um, most frequent, your MFCs, your most frequent collaborators? Mm -hmm. um, I, I got two questions. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I remember the second one. The first okay. one is, um, like, you, a genius, uh, have most frequently collaborated with some friends of yours that I also think are geniuses, and I'm sure wonderful people as well. First, I'll say two kind. Genius gets thrown around a lot, and uh, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> what, what are your favorite things about being on a team with them and what they bring the creative pot that you guys stir around? Fucking, you, you, you get it, question mark. I think Andy has such uh, a special brain, and I feel like... That doesn't sound very complimentary, <laughs> put it that way. But he always like attaches himself to this like super unique thing that other people aren't thinking of or aren't like tapping into. And then like the fact that there's a oil gusher of inspiration to be mined there that isn't going to be something that you're going to be able to replicate easily. When, when people are kind of smashing ideas together, it's just such a unique voice. And it, it plays well with others. It's 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 uh, a ton of fun. I know Weston always has such a very specific kind of style that he's aiming for that uh, we would even when we were kids, like kind of be pairing off because, oh, Andy can't come play after school. But Weston and I are going to do something when we, we create something that was very uniquely us uh, in that like Venn diagram of stuff yeah. <laughs> of like uh, style or sub subject matter or whatever. And it was always just like a lot of fun to see the how those pairings would pop and do other things. Austin, I've only known, I think, in the last uh, couple of years. But it like, again, a super kindred spirit. All of his little Stevie Wonders and uh, all the stuff he's working on for his like game stuff now. 
has been Seinfeld really cool. Thing. Yeah, the uh, Sinfeld remastered is kind Good of what they're working Lord. on now. That is like, yeah, who would start a process where they're doing like a horror game set in the Seinfeld and other weird New York property universe that's spooky? It's like huge swing and like uh, I don't know. They they're obviously in the clear with how they're attacking it as a project that it's not like uh, they're going to get legally in trouble, but that it really is this like pop culture mashup uh, with stuff like Akira. And uh, I think there's some Ghostbusters in there and Spider-Man. And it's just like, what a nutty idea to like, not only come up with it, but then to like be ballsy enough to execute on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. I think so much of the stuff uh, like uh, as a, a creator or whatever, like, you can be in your head all day and, and you can like think of a bunch of ideas that would be, would be amazing. And that's like the, the danger of it. Like if it's, it would be great if you did it, but nine times out of 10, you're not going to, you're not going to do it. I think all the great little creative successes one way or the other have, have been birthed from that would be great. And this is how we're going to do it. Or like, here's a way we can make that happen. And that's whether it's a channel one-on-one thing. It's a, this is this video game project or it's like, Oh, here's just like, uh, an idea for a script. I'm like, I have a, a Google doc that's just full of, you know, two line log line pitches of right. different things that each would be amazing. But like when it doesn't get executed on in some way, shape or form, or doesn't get, I guess, brought to life. Yeah. It's just an idea. It's just kind of sitting there and it, it has little to no value, <laughs> but then once you like do something with it, or you, you push through all the negative speak in your brain or the, the, the critical People like, yeah, am I really going to spend a month on this project? That's that's nuts. That's that's a month of my time. It's like if you get this creative idea and you want to execute on it and you do like that's when you're allowing for cool stuff to happen that wouldn't happen if you just binged Netflix a handful of more nights or whatever yeah. it's very easy to kind of passively enjoy stuff but then when you yeah you, you stick your your foot in the door and you you do something that's where all the power comes from because you're making something happen all right here's the fourth and final clip segment and it's the intro to andy petruzzo and kyle sweeney's first episode of mind dreams which first screened in january this year still in prime time baby and then it goes into uh, some sweet Mr. Coffee Man, goodness, from Andy Petruzzo's show of the same name from July 2019 and featuring Kyle Sweeney as Mr. Coffee Man. My mind to your mind. This is Mind Dreams. We have scoured the astral plane for unique dream fragments to present to you. Let us begin. Coffee's the perfect way to start. Let me put it this way. It's the story that's taking the nation by storm. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd find something like this. He's called Mr. Coffee Man, and he's warming hearts on the internet. Hmm, that's good coffee. Wow. One day I was hiking in the woods. Babe, what's that? What? And found this tape next to a tree. Look at this. That's wild. You're thinking what could be on this tape? You bet. That's exactly what I thought. Mr. Coffee Man. You should fucking post that online, babe. F*** yeah. So what's on the tape? What great mystery is about to be revealed? It's literally an old man talking about coffee for like 10 minutes. I like the Folgers Instant Coffee. Tasty, tasty. But I don't like coffee too hot. That can burn your tongue. 
what what has Channel One on One done for you as far as your evolution? Yeah, I I mean I think at the end of the day, like a deadline is one of the greatest things you can give yourself. And then if it's not your personal deadline, even better, <laughs> it's somebody else's right. deadline. That's golden because then you can actually kind of step up. And and I, I, there's so many times that like during uh, the Kyle versus Tom Hanks stuff, it's me alone in a room with a green screen. And like, I think I have a take on it. I'm trying it out. I'm, I am waiting till the absolute last minute to shoot myself, not with a gun, but shoot myself with the camera on the thing, because I'm still not convinced that I've like got it. And you know what? I might as well not even waste my time. And then it would be like, you know, two nights before the deadline. And I'm like trying to crank out episode three or no, maybe it was episode two. And then I completely scrapped it and did something all new. It's weird how it's hard for us to give ourselves permission to fail or permission to like, even just like exist with an idea. And, and it feels very final once you're like, okay, I've shot pieces of that. That's the direction we're moving forward. But without that deadline, you know, I, I might never have finished episode two of Kyle vs. Stomachs. Having, having that goes like, it has to get done. It's okay if it's not going to be the world's uh, greatest episode. You just have to have an episode. And ideally, yeah, you're inspired and and you ride that like wave of anxiety and creativity and create something uh, super fun and unique. And yeah, it's even just in the last couple of years, it's been very interesting to like take my temperature on this idea of like, I think even when like the first hot thirties were happening, I was kind of like, well, wow, I'm really getting in my head about what this hot 30 needs to be. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm doing that. The thing that I would do on the big picture for this script I'm writing or for this uh, one-on-one yeah. episode I have to deliver, I'm doing it on this 30 second could be garbage, whatever. It has my name on it. It better be perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so just like releasing the reins just a little bit, I think has been really great in having that opportunity to create uh, and, you know, the dumb Wayne Gretzky uh, quote, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You got to start taking shots uh, yeah, or keep Canadians, taking shots. <laughs> Canadians only have a certain amount of quotes. It's like, <laughs> um, I, I didn't mean to steamroll you there. No, no, no. That's, that's, I mean, I, I, I think there is just something there that you can always get in your own way. And the sooner you can reorient yourself so that that's not happening or, uh, just be happy that something is something <laughs> and that is what all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be the the best or the thing like being hypercritical is going to keep you from, from doing stuff and you should be just doing stuff. There's always going to be another me. So something was for me, what this will be for someone else. You saying that will be what makes them make their first one-on-one show to put my phony voice on. And that's all we can hope for her here at, <laughs> at headquarters. I'm afraid if I repeat myself too many times in the praise column, I see no reason why people haven't listened to these episodes of Primetime Flies and gone like, Todd's just an approval whore. This is a big stamp tramp. I genuinely think that you are a special cut of creative meat. If people could see the look on my fucking face. <laughs> oh, man. I'm um, a special cut of, of meat. I of like that. <laughs> I love that. Of creativity meat. That could be a show, um, but I, I, I know I know what you mean. I've already like set up and rejected like three ideas for a one minute uh, segment. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Uh, I uh, off camera, I, I asked Todd to do a mind dream segment this month, and he's taking that plunge, baby. 
back to man meat. <laughs> yep, that's exactly where we'll go. Man meat, love it. That's a nugget right there. Oh, we just nugged. That's our nugget. Uh, speaking of nuggets, I did a Kickstarter for a web series that I was going to do called the Hundo Nug Chicken Nugget Challenge, where I was going to eat 100 nuggets one a day for 100 days and document myself. I thought that that was a fucking sketch and the Patreon thing was part of the bit. So, no, 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 no. So it was, uh, I was doing a live comedy character, which was that character on being like interviewed in a fake talk show thing on stage. And I thought like, oh, if I'm doing this character who has a dumb idea for a web series, doesn't seem to know what any, how anything works, and he's walking on the stage and he's going to talk about this Kickstarter and wants the support. What would be funny is to make a Kickstarter campaign in actuality live that I, and give a link to it or a domain name that you could that would point to it. For $100, I need to raise, raise $100, then I'll do this web series. That night at the show that had like 20 people at it, before I got out of the parking lot, it had been funded to $100. And I was like, ah, shit, it was just a bit. But now, fuck me, I have to do this thing. And then I started to get into it. And I did more campaign updates but i have have yet to finish i made like 33 in a row at one point and then i stopped because i was like i'm not enjoying doing this anymore the bit seems long dead but there's still this like nagging thing of like i accepted people's money and uh, on this premise i should deliver and i don't mind if it was like i'm gonna make like a dumb 30 minute episode of a thing that would be really fun with this concept just going i ate a nugget see you tomorrow it's like it's painful to be a part of that, even even though that that was the basic premise. But yeah, check it out. I think I think there's yeah those episodes were at least for a while up on the the P Company YouTube page, which has a bunch of stuff from about ten years ago and beyond on that. The with Andy Petruzzo and myself. I just needed a place to dump it, so it started going up there at one point. Right. <laughs> I was always like throwing up Nug Life or Hundo Nug with the hashtag and. It was because this guy had like no concept of what social media was and was like trying to be a part of it, like from this outsider point of view and just didn't get any of the nuance of it and performed per, per, uh, specifically like stilted and, and like, hi, I'm Danny Roberts. Uh, it was just what a dumb idea. Mr. But I got like I overcommitted to it. And then I was like, but why? Why would I? I still think I'll do something with it at some point. I just it, ha yeah. it needs to be an inspired idea versus like. I'm slavishly doing this because I said I would. You know, it's it's nice to have like something pulling at you to say like, oh, you better, you better do that. Yeah. Put your uh, money where your mouth is or other people's money where your mouth is. It's kind of like Andy Kaufman, you know, in his case, when, when he created performance art, he committed himself to very short term uh, stunts. Extreme and, scenarios. Yeah. And stunts but, but, is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> but they were always very short term. It was one talk show appearance, a wrestling match, and what have you. Like he, he would not have followed through on a hundred day nugget challenge. I mean, at the end of the day, what is a hundred minutes of content spread across a hundred days? And like, it's it was pretty like uh, the form was there. I think I still need to get some people. I it was five people donated a hundred dollars a piece, and they got to be producers. I think I owe them coffee mugs. Oh. So I haven't done that. That does seem like a more strict A to B social contract that I set up. These people will get their coffee mugs and it'll have the logo on it and I'll get it from Redbubble. It's going to be great. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I think there's, there's something fun about over committing uh, and taking those big swings for sure. It was a dumb idea. We'll, so we'll leave it at that. It was a, a super <laughs> dumb idea. 
and I overcommitted to it. And I just made my standing desk stand up. Okay, I'm going to not be lazy. For one-on-one nerds, what's something that stands out to you as like the favorite of um, work you've done? It's uh, weird because I'm in the thick of it, but like I think Mind Dreams has been such a balm for where I was creatively during the the pandemic and it's forced me kind of like the podcast I'm sure you'd agree is kind of forced you a little bit out of your skin and like I'm gonna ask this person if they want to do something this month it's like it's all your thing buddy I'm not I'm not even inserting myself into it you just if you want to create something great so I think in in a way I've gotten to meet and talk with a few more creators than I would have otherwise I'm very much reliant on these other artists to kind of step in and uh, do something. And uh, I'm producing as much as reminding them that, hey, that deadline is coming up. How are you feeling? Is it a minute 30? That's not good. We should do 50 seconds. Uh, But that there's been something really nice about like, okay, not only do I get to exercise my own creative demons in a very palatable one fifth chunk of the episode, but I also get to like, do the okay what what's the run order of this what's the how's this one work oh let me just sweeten a little sound effect here for this person great um that has allowed like i think just really fun high octane high energy uh moments in the screenings uh to have the these quick five beats of something yeah. uh and uh, in the middle of all that and uh, for the record i will say i was aware there was a show called everything but right. i had never watched it and then the first episode gets in and then i go back and start watching it i'm like oh dude they even i'm doing the title cards the same way of like here's the artist name big front and center um and i'm like okay yeah as much as anyone owns the format (laughs) sure it's a, a a lower brow everything is kind of how i like to view it uh there's artistic and dark stuff in mind dreams too but there's a lot more comedy yeah i, I think that you we would probably lean a little bit more towards like okay if it's not even a sketch it's it's got a good out <laughs> for yeah, this yeah. this minute and so you're hit with at least i'm leaving with that positive kick at the end of this segment so that there's there yeah there's something a little bit more yeah if not outright comedy at least a little bit more lighthearted in, in sort of the execution I know I'm just trying to throw as many pop culture references in uh, uh, as possible. <laughs> it's nice that like, yeah, Mind Dreams is doing the current era of folks who are either regularly contributing to 101 or willing to still contribute to 101, kind of depending. But I think, yeah, if, if we can get more folks submitting to 101 by way of like, oh, I got to do a Mind Dream segment and that was fun. And now I'd like to do a, a whole pilot. I'd say that's great. I know there's some people in Austin that I keep talking to to try and grease those wheels to be like, hey, you do comedy. You should do one of these comedy things. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, with all the pandemic stuff, everybody's been kind of siloed into their own things. And it'd be great to just, yeah, have folks doing more stuff. And, yeah, if I got to benefit by having their cool shit in Mind Dreams, please, <laughs> please, yeah. we all want that. <laughs> these are all doorways. The, like, every, everyone that you see stuff by or have it contribute to something you're making like these are all doors for future collaboration which is one of my favorite things about it i do want to publicly thank you so much for your time for tolerating my having an off night and also um thanks most of all not that i have them in order of importance for (laughs) making stuff for making what you've made and um for for your voice thank you for sharing it oh man no thank you for uh obviously having me here and and again like i think your podcast in general has been giving just like 
a huge little burst of positivity to what 101 is and does and the big history to it. And to have cool chats like this, I think uh, that's fun. It, it's it's another shade to the overarching uh, little nonprofit organization that we have here. That's super baller. And I wish more people did know about and more people yeah. contributed. This podcast features music used with permission from the Hollow Scene EP by Postmodern Machine, available wherever you get bandcamp.com, but please visit postmodernmachine.com. This has been Primetime Flies, a Channel 101 podcast hosted by Todd Donald. Thanks for listening. <laughs>